Welcome to Refocus on You, the podcast that takes you through a spiritual journey of overcoming the battles and gaining the victories in your life by incorporating the eight fundamentals of health. Connect with us online at refocusonyou.com. That's refocus on the letter U.com. Or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash refocus on you. Now, sit back, rest, relax, refocus, renew, relive, and trust in God completely. Here is your host, Melinda P., and co-host, Dr. E. Hello, hello, hello. We're rocking and rolling on this Wednesday afternoon. What has God done for you this week? Please testify and tell somebody because I know what he has surely done for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, I apologize. I got my weeks mixed up thinking Dr. E would be on this week. Dr. E is not with us today, but we'll be on a later episode and we will catch up on what's been going on with her. But as they say, the show must go on. And today I have the lovely and exciting (laughs) Melissa Johnson, a.k.a. the Leffert Lady. Oh, Melissa Johnson is my co-host today. Melissa, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful. I am hailing from Huntsville, Alabama. And so glad that I'm on the show with you. Amen. I am too. That is so awesome. And so with that, I welcome everyone to the Refocus on You podcast, episode seven. Refocus on you. 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 post a lot of things on social media because I've been in traveling mode. Three weeks ago, my mother and I received a phone call that one of her brothers had passed away. He was the 12th child out of 16 kids. And my aunt, who had been taking care of him, called and said she needed help with funeral arrangements. And, you know, she's up in age and with health issues. And so talk about timing, because my husband and I were planning a little rendezvous getaway, and I wasn't sure how I was going to be there and help with the funeral arrangements, sneak off with hubby, plus I'm in school, the podcast, you know, just the list goes on. And I'm not feeling flying everywhere with my autoimmune condition, so I got on my knees like I do every morning, went to God, 
had my worship and prayer and was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to juggle this, but if it is your will, then please work it out for me. And one thing I've learned over the years that my plans are not God's plans. You know, Melissa. Amen. Okay, can I get an amen? Yes. <laughs> he has his own time. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And so my vibrant 74-year-old mother and I and a trunk full of oxygen tanks, along with the Holy Spirit, headed east. We drove from Southern California to Huntsville, Alabama. Took us about four days only because we took our time. Let me tell you mm, 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 how amazing God is because, folks, he worked it out to where I was able to travel, arrange the funeral, go on vacation with hubby, take care of school and keep the podcast shows coming. So, you know, that ain't nothing but a thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, so what a blessing. But, you know, after a week being here, it begins to rain for a couple of days along with the chill. And so the immune system is like, uh, wait a minute, uh, uh, where are we? (laughs) And so I had to do the right thing, give the lungs some love. That's why I got to give a shout out to Dr. Rice. Mrs. Rice, Melinda, at Health Unlimited for really, really taking care of me. Let me tell you, when I say Dr. Rice took care of me, he fixed me up. I mean, Melissa, I had a lymphatic cleanse, the frequency machine, the biomat, Bearmar therapy, reflexology, infrared sauna. You did the whole work. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I also had hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. I spent two days with the good doctor. And believe me, when I was done, this oxygen chick was more powerful than Wonder Woman. (laughs) Well, I guess you're in shape to go see Okay, okay, all right. (laughs) And let me tell you, Wonder Woman ain't got nothing on me. Let me tell you. So, Melissa, last couple of weeks, I was telling everyone how relieved I was when they diagnosed me, especially after going a year undiagnosed. But I never, never expected the expiration tag that came with that diagnosis. And to top it off with cherries, the doctor's telling me that people who have the antisyntetase syndrome along with interstitial lung disease, you know, they don't live past seven years. And I'm like, what? You know, and it's still not over because the disease was silent or shall I say sleep for about 11 years. Then the lungs, which I, you know, I, I got a name now. I, I, I named my lungs. The right lung is Sally and the <laughs> left lung is Jesse. Okay. <laughs> you got, you got to name these lungs. You got to name these lungs. And so, like I said, when Sally and Jesse woke up, it was on, you know, it was like they were running a race. In 2017, I was told I had about three years left of life. And I would have to have a double lung transplant in order to survive. But God be the glory, you know, because it's been 14 years 
Amen. And I'm still here. Yes, yes, yes. So when God told me he would give me another chance, it was a wrap for me. I learned that if I ask God something and he says no, I'm like, okay, Lord, no problem, no problem. I keep it moving, praising him all the way because my blessed and healthy life is totally reliant on my obedience to him. That's just how it is. I mean, you know, Melissa, tell me, I know you have battled with some health conditions as well. Tell me how, how you've been able to get through some things or, or like, you know, what's going on with you? I was diagnosed with chronic asthma mm. as a child at three years old. Mm. And my mother tells the story about how I was playing on the playground and came crawling into the house. Wow. And she panicked. She didn't know what to do because she doesn't have asthma, but my dad does. Right. And so they took me to the hospital. And there, from that point on, my life was truly changed and just on medication after medication after medication. Mm. On up through my teenage years, where none of the medications or shots or anything was working. I was in the emergency room two to three times a day. And the doctors finally looked at my parents and said that she's not going to make it. Wow. And so my parents had to make a decision. And without blinking an eye, they sold everything in the house. Mm. My father quit his job and we moved to the West Coast to Arizona. Mm. I used to pray that the Lord would take this from me. Right. It was right. Exactly. You know, if I wasn't dealing with the the asthma, I was dealing with the side effects mm. of all the medications mm. and high, high continual doses of steroids. Yes. But that was not his will. Nope. It was a thorn in my side mm. that I had to mercy. learn to deal with. Now I did get better. And the Lord helped me to know how to mentally manage my asthma. And you know, that's, that's powerful. I, I've got to interrupt. That's powerful what you, what you were saying about the thorn in your side. You know, there is a text in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 8, you know, where Paul goes to God and says, yes. three times, three <laughs> times, I begged the Lord to take the thorn. That is so real. That was, you know, that text is so real for me mm-hmm. because I went to God three times, several times. Lord, please, please take this, you know, take this, take this disease away, please. You know, please. And every time I went back to him, he said, my grace is sufficient, you know, yes. and here you even said yourself how you was begging the Lord, Lord, take this, you know, this thorn all, all my childhood. Mm. And finally, I accepted. Yeah, I accept. I stopped fighting against the grain Yes, and just started. I honestly started thanking the Lord and thanking the Lord that it was me and not my sister or my brother. Yes. You know, they were very athletic and into everything. And I had a very calm life. Mm. I couldn't play, I couldn't run, <laughs> couldn't get excited. You know, none of that stuff. Um, a bunch of don'ts. <laughs> but, you know, moving to the West Coast, 
I did get better. They told me I would never be able to come back to the East Coast. Mm. And about, I would say probably about a year or two after I moved to Arizona, my grandfather passed. And so we had to take a trip to Indianapolis. Interesting. And we were there. My medicines weren't increased. Everything. We were there for a week, maybe a little over a week. And I was just having a real problem with my lungs. Mm. And my dad's like, I'm not putting you on the road. We're taking you to the hospital. I went into respiratory failure. I passed out waiting for them to take me into the back. They admitted me right away. My oxygen level was so low that I was blue. Mm. And they would not even allow me to fly on a plane Mm. to Arizona. They said I wouldn't make it. So anyway, stayed there. They got me better. When they discharged me, they wanted me to hang around for a few days. My mother's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You discharge her, I'm taking her straight to the airport. (laughs) And that's exactly what she did. Wow. Um, So I stayed Mm. on the West Coast. Mm. And the last time I was hospitalized for my asthma was... I think it was about 21. Praise God. Praise God. I still had a high medication Mm regimen until I got married. And my Mm. husband was is more into natural things more than I was at that time. Right. And um, (laughs) he helped me along with some doctors of osteopathy. Sure. uh, Helped me to get off a lot of my medication. That's amazing. That's awesome. And so folks, we're going to take a quick break. Need you to stretch, grab something to drink, and we will be right back. Stick around. More with Melinda P. and Dr. E. is on the way. Refocus on you. We'll be right back. Where is your soul going? Don't say 
with us online at refocusonyou.com. That's refocusontheletteru.com. Once again, here are Melinda P. and Dr. E. And so we're back once again. Thank you for tuning in to the Refocus on You podcast on Envision Radio. That's right, Envision Radio. That's www.envision-radio.com. I am your host, Melinda P., and filling in for Dr. E is actually a family member I have today who has been living with an unknown, well, actually several different health conditions, shall I say, for some time. And I just love her attitude and her mojo because she keeps it going despite the challenges. And and that's what we have to do. We have to keep it moving. So folks, what do you do? What do you do when you have been given a medical diagnosis that makes a U-turn in your life or, you know, scrambles all the future plans you had for yourself and family, takes away your life or readjust your eating plan, your sleep pattern, your activities? I mean, do you accept it or reject it? And we're going to go back to Melissa. And I want to ask, you know, Melissa... What did you do? You was talking about, you know, the situation with the asthma. How did you, you know, cope with it? Prayer. Mm, I had to roll with the punches. Amen. To be honest with you, the side effects of the medications were just as horrific as disease itself. Yes. You know, just just prayer. Mm -hmm. And I had a very loving and caring family Mm -hmm. as my asthma was moving into a better state in my late adult years, then I was knocked down again where I had a condition that they could not find for over a year. Wow. 
I had pains in my stomach. Mm. Now I had to had my gallbladder taken out, and they thought that they had left some stones behind. They ran tests; it wasn't that. They ran every test possible. I even swallowed a camera. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like this, is so sci-fi kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> I swallowed a camera. Yikes! Anyway, after about. About a year, yeah. they found out it was my heart. Wow. I have a lot of heart disease in my family, so that was a clear blow to me. So you went undiagnosed for a year. I did. And during that year, I mean, what was you feeling? Because I know, I know for myself, when I went undiagnosed for a year, it was stressful. You it know, was very stressful. You, you, you don't know. Yeah, you're, you know, you're going to, you, you go to a doctor for something else and you know how they go through the history of what you have. You, I you saw don't even all know. the specialists <laughs> I saw. In fact, to be honest, I had seen all the specialists. They have run all the tests, done mm. all, outpatient surgical procedures, everything. And went back to my doctor, my primary doctor. She said, well, you know what? We might have to send you to, to a psychologist. Because <laughs> it's like, all in your really? head. <laughs> I'm like, but the pain yeah. is real. Yes. And so yes. she took a look at some of my lab work and she ran an, an EKG again. Mm. And she said, your EKG is off. I'm sending you to a heart specialist, a wow. cardiologist. Mm. And the doctor wasn't even sure he was going to find anything. He said, but I'm going to run some tests just to be sure because of your family history. Right, right. And so he ran a test, found out that the ejection fraction was low. Hmm. And so and he looked at me and he said, your heart is beating like it's had trauma. Wow. Have you been in trauma lately? Hmm. And I was like, no. You know, my brother had been killed a year prior to that. He said, no, it's beating like recent trauma. Yeah, yeah. like you're going through something right right now. So they they were able to find that. But then he corrected that. And then I started having these episodes where I think they call it, they diagnose it as near syncope. They diagnose it as a V-fib. They don't know truly what it is or why it is. So the last couple of years, the cardiologist here in Huntsville has been running his own test. They can't find anything. They even did a test where they tried to recreate yeah. the rhythm that sends me into VFib. Which means they would have to recreate the scenario, the stress, yes. right? Yes. And I had to, it's, I forgot what the procedure is called, okay. but you, you're put under for this. And he could not find it. He could not recreate it. So he was very frustrated, of course. I now wear a monitor implant in my chest so that they can monitor me 24-7. But what I've done is... I changed my whole lifestyle. I was going to say, what have you done? Right. I was going to say, what have you done? Changed my whole lifestyle. First, my husband's like, told me, enough. It's (laughs) time for you to stop working Mm. and you let me handle Mm. everything. Mm -hmm. Enough. Mm -hmm. So I left corporate and we 
moved from Texas to Huntsville, Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, slower life. Mm-hmm. The, some mean? of the children and grandchildren are here, <laughs> less finances, <laughs> less expensive. <laughs> and my whole life just became just learning, trying to learn how my body feels when I'm starting to go. I mean, because that's the only indicator that I have, even to this day. They can't pinpoint it. And all they can tell me is it will show itself again. Well, when it shows itself again, my heart may not restart again. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the diet, the slower lifestyle, the the limited stress, right? you know, those sorts of things. And that is important. I mean, you know, when we are dealing with a situation as serious as that is, and you don't know really what's going on, that's when we have to step up ourselves. You have to step up, manage your disease and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to have to make some changes. Mm -hmm. That's what's really important, folks. You've got to make changes for yourself. Don't let the doctor, don't wait, actually, don't wait for the doctors to tell you to do this, to do that. Like you said, you had to step up and make some changes because they weren't seeing what they they weren't seeing. But the ironic thing about it Mm. is that I made the lifestyle changes because they can't find it. Mm. But they can't, they won't find it because I've made these changes. Exactly, exactly. So if I go back to the lifestyle that I had before in the office, Mm -hmm. you know, fast paced, Mm -hmm. just doing, you know, everything, then yes, they will find it. it. But then I run the risk of my heart not stopping, coming back on again. Exactly, exactly. You also run the risk of the fact of not being here. Right. You know, and, you know, it it brings me to something I I think about when the doctors were telling me I had to have this transplant. And at that time, I was a little bit heavier than what I am now. And I remember he said, "Okay, I need you to lose about 20, 30 pounds. And then, you know, we'll search on the transplant. So I was like, "Okay." And before the Holy Spirit spoke to me. So I was, you know, exercising, cutting back, you know, you know, doing little different things. But the Holy Spirit was like, Melinda, why are you getting in shape to have the transplant when you can get in shape permanently to not have the transplant? You know, it was like, ah, you're right about that. You know, what? Why would I want to drop 30, 40 pounds and have a transplant when when if I drop that 34 pounds, I, you know, I can I can live a better life. And, right. you know, and, and you're so right. And so I stopped changing my lifestyle for the surgery instead for me. And you're right. When you make those changes, like you said, you had to get out of corporate America. When I retired and concentrated on my health, got away from the stress. I was a type of person that always wanted to take control of everything. And, and I, I got this. Oh, yeah, I got this. No, I'll do this. Okay, fine, fine. I was that type of person. I had to, stop. I had to let that go. Mm. I, I had to let that go. You know, okay, you, you want to take care of this? All right, you know, sure, sure. Along with my diet as well, getting out and exercise, but really my attitude, increasing my relationship with God. 
That is so important. And when you said earlier about prayer, mm, 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 that's real. Oh, yeah. That's real. That's real. Just because, you know, it's only God that truly keeps your heart beating. Yes. And yes. you can even have a beating heart, but not still be living to your full potential. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like the only way I live up to my full potential and live in the purpose of my life is to be connected to God yes. continually. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you know, I was thinking about when I checked out of the hospital, I was so worried how I was going to financially survive, being that I had to retire at the age of 46. I remember sitting in the living room, staring at the wall, thinking about the things I had to accomplish in life. You know, I still wanted to accomplish the things I wouldn't be able to do or accomplish anymore. I also thought about the things, or shall I say the places I wanted to go, enjoying quality time with my husband, people I wanted to see, how I could educate and help more people. You know, it, all these things came to, to mind when they was telling me about this transplant. Everything was like a blare, you know? It was like, what just happened? How did I get here? And when the doctors told me that having this lung transplant, I would have to take 36 pills, whoa, Melissa, I can barely take two, two pills a day, you know, <laughs> let alone 36 pills a day, be in the doctor office twice a week, wow. And, you know, after going in deep thought, I looked around my home. I looked at how my cabinets were full of food. My closets were full of clothes, shoes. I had everything I had wanted and need. And it was then, that's when I heard that small voice. And you know, that ain't nothing but the Holy Spirit. And it whispered to me, God will take care of you. Amen. And then after that, God said, get up. We got work to do. <laughs> and that's how Refocus on You came into existence, you know. And so we're about to wrap it up. Melissa, any last words that you want to say to our audience? I just want to say that if you're out there and you're whether you have a diagnosed or undiagnosed illness, disease, don't wait for the doctors. Amen. Because the doctors are going to find what's there. Most of the time, they're going to find it. Yes, yes, yes. You know, take it upon yourself. Take it one step at a time. Yes. Don't jump into something head first. Walk into it. Right. Make small changes. Right. And... Begin to have a relationship with the Lord. My motto is I do believe in medication, mm -hmm. but I also believe in natural yes. stuff. So if sure. it can be done naturally, Amen. I'm going to do it naturally. Amen. But then again, I still have those few medications. Right. I need to take. <laughs> Back up here. Exactly. You know, Melissa said it all, really. It's so true. I cannot stress enough. Don't let your diagnosis define you. God is in control. Learn how to manage your disease. You can get through this if you just go to God and ask him what you need to do in order to live your blessed life. 
I love this statement I heard a couple of years ago, and I truly live by it. And it really fits for what Melissa and I, you know, spoke about today. And it says, accept the diagnosis, not the prognosis, and let God do the rest. Thank you for joining us and listening to the Refocus podcast on EnvisionRadio.com. If you would like to send us an email, contact Melinda P at RefocusOnYou.com or visit the Refocus website at www.RefocusOnYou.com. That's RefocusOn, the letter U.com. And while you're there, grab a Refocus On You coffee mug and sit back and rest. Relax, refocus, renew, and relive. We'll see you next week.